Hello and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies. My name is Charlie. I am joined by my co-host, Will. Hello. And Park. Hello. This week we watched The Thing, a movie about a thing. So, <laughs> this was Will's pick. Uh, Will's gonna Will's gonna recap it. Will. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's October, which means that we're gonna get a little bit spooky this month on this your podcast and we uh, i think none of us are really uh big into horror stuff in general right like we're all kind of scaredy cats Mm. so i was uh thinking we should maybe try to fix that you know we can sort of find a way to uh, be able to handle these horror movies uh maybe sort of inoculate ourselves in some way uh, take a sort of horror movie vaccine and what better way to start with what better movie to start with than uh, the thing my third movie in a row with a the blank title uh, nice. <laughs> for some reason and my second in a row about pe- being locked in one spot and being uh, really paranoid all the time I don't know what that says about me but here we are uh, so the thing is about these scientists in Antarctica who uh, they have a run-in with some uh, Norwegian guys, maybe Swedish, I, I don't know. There's some <laughs> discussion about that in the movie. But uh, these guys are desperately trying and failing to kill a dog uh, <laughs> to the point where when the dog runs up to one of the uh, Americans, they're Americans in Antarctica, and um, they uh, like shoot him. Uh, in the leg with like a gun and uh the dog gets away they fight back against the scary norwegian guys uh who they can't communicate because they don't speak english so um they're like damn why were these guys trying to murder this like husky so uh so fervently why why were they so mad at this dog uh oh well probably nothing uh let's go about our business um well, I guess they do. They, like, investigate where they came from, right? Yeah. Um, and everybody's so. dead. Yeah, everyone's dead, and everything's kind of uh, horrifying. It's like, It looks like they went, like, crazy or something, and everything. They lit a bunch of stuff on fire, and they find, like, a really weird-looking uh, carcass thing that is uh, in just disgusting and looks nothing like really a, a human anymore. Uh, so they decide, okay, let's, uh, put it in a, <laughs> in a big trash bag and bring it back. Um, and they realize that like the, the tissue is human as far as they can tell, but it doesn't look human at all anymore. Right. Uh, and the, the base, by the way, is full of like, you, you have your all different types of characters. You got your doctor guy, you got your helicopter pilot, you got your guy who takes care of. Uh, like the sled dogs, got the chef, whole different you know group of people with a bunch of different skills, right? Um, and uh, eventually, they hear some commotion <laughs> in the uh, little dog pound, I guess dog pound, little dog cage that they have, uh, and that's where they find uh, the the thing who is who was the dog that they were chasing and he's a big goo monster. He's trying mm-hmm. to eat all the other dogs and he pretty much succeeds in that. 
uh, he, like they, assimilates them in a horrifying manner. <laughs> yeah, he it's it's pretty hard for us to describe to you in this audio medium really what the thing looks like, especially because it changes every scene, right? But uh, it's a big lump of flesh that can like regenerate and grow all sorts of horrifying extremities and uh, tentacles and goo. Uh, it's it's just vile the whole time. <laughs> and you can kill it with fire. And pretty much the rest of the movie is just them trying to deal with this because they, they're kind of slowly learning more and more about like its behavior they learned pretty early on uh you know they figured out when they visited the norwegians base that like okay fire seems to be the answer right the flamethrower that they have for some reason uh works like really well against it guns not so much uh always have a flamethrower in my antarctic research bases yeah. Yeah. Right. You I know, mean, Elon uh, Musk makes them, or no? Is it Elon Musk that makes them? Yeah, Elon Musk makes them. I think he makes them. I don't know why he makes them. Just because he's an epic Reddit guy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's for burning the miners in the apartheid emerald mines where his money came from. True. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes people they think about unionizing, and there's Elon Musk with his flamethrower. <laughs> Stay back. Don't you and, don't you organize into too tight of a group or I'm gonna flamethrower you. Okay, I'm done with this bit now. I'm sorry. He got aggressive after the breakup, he really did. <laughs> really uh, lost it. But yeah, I think um So this movie is sort of famous for being like some of the best practical effects in the business, right? You're probably yeah. not gonna see anything better than this. And that is maybe for I don't know if I call it a good reason, but part of the reason <laughs> it's is, effective. Well, the guy who was in charge of the special effects immediately after finishing uh, was checked into a hospital for exhaustion. Uh, uh, this movie damn near killed him, uh, which is maybe why we might just never see a movie to with practical effects like to this of this kind and this attention to detail ever again. Uh, unless some studio somewhere decides to devote a whole lot of money and hopefully a lot more time and care to like their staff mm -hmm. uh, in order to make this happen. But uh, this is sort of one of those, like some guy worked himself nearly to death to the point where like, we're probably not going to get another movie like this. <laughs> Didn't they remake the thing at one point? Did it? Well, this is a remake. Oh yeah. First of all, which is, uh, you know, it, I feel like people usually, and I think for good reason, can kind of get down on remakes, but this is a really good one. I haven't seen the original, but I've heard that this one is generally held in higher acclaim. Uh, and the remake is, uh, the remake of the remake, the 2011 one, I think, is very much not. Uh, <laughs> because it is, I think it's like a prequel. And oh, no. as far as I know, it's an almost entire, entirely CG, right? I think, yeah, it's, it says after Norwegian researchers discover an alien ship buried in the ice. So, yeah, it's explaining the Norwegians' story. Yeah, um, which uh, no one asked for, uh, but they made it anyway, because uh, <laughs> that's how sequels yeah. work. But um, they, yeah, apparently for a while on that remake, they wanted, like, they were going to do practical effects, but then they scrapped it and did 
all CG. I mean, it looks practical bad. effects are very expensive. Like, yeah, that that is a huge amount of money to go into that and time. I mean, I think the like the 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 Blair thing, which I guess we'll get to eventually in this episode, but like the the big thing. It took 50 people to operate that. Like, that's just how massive that piece was. I got the big, like, dog thing at the end. Yeah. Like, that probably took months to build. Yeah. It's, uh, this is one of those movies that I feel like we talk a lot about anytime there's, like, a scary movie or movie with a monster or something, how, uh, it can be really effective in a horror movie to not show the monster, right? To show you little glimpses of it, not reveal the whole thing to let your imagination be more frightening than the actual prop or CG that they've created, right? Mm -hmm. This movie breaks that rule pretty much entirely and to great effect. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It, uh, and it isn't really like a rule. It uh, is more of just like a way around uh, if you don't have the best props in the world or if you don't want to spend all of your budget on your practical effects. But this movie was like, no, we're going to make this <laughs> the grossest looking, best looking monster you've ever seen. And they pretty much nailed it uh, because it, I, I knew it was coming for a lot of this movie. Like I'd seen reviews of it or like seen stuff about the movie, but hadn't actually watched it in classic scaredy cat fashion. Uh, <laughs> and it still like whenever the thing appeared on screen. I was just like slack jawed in awe whenever anything happened. Uh, I don't know if y'all had a similar experience, but uh, to me, the especially whenever like the little like wiggly tentacles would come out when it was changing or just they had them like flapping around at incredible speeds. I have no clue how they did that stuff, uh, but mm -hmm. it always, it's just, they find a way to get under your skin in this movie, man. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. It looks incredible in a very gross way. Hmm. It, and I think is, a lot of it is like reversed footage. Is how I would imagine a lot of it is done. When they have like the legs coming out, they probably were just pulling them into something, which is like. But yeah. it all looks like impeccable. You know that makes sense. The I the wiggly things you mentioned that I mean it looks like like strings or ropes but just like made out of tendons just whipping yeah. around and <laughs> yeah. wrapping the dogs up made out a of disgusting b i want to know how they did that because it was so gross because i mean I, it looks like and it probably is some kind of fiber that they have in a rope like form i'm describing a rope they had a rope and they painted it red but like how <laughs> they how they make a bunch it of little like fibers that. and you weave them together to make larger stronger fiber uh, <laughs> you're gonna be one of those like primitive tech uh youtubers <laughs> but like in podcast form <laughs> just describing it this week on primitive movie effects the thing, <laughs> the thing. but yeah i i don't know what they did and it was nasty so for the like the tentacle slithering out was reverse photography. Um but I don't know how they made them all the whip around and yeah, especially like the little ones when they're almost like little hairs or something. They make it make it makes it feel like an like an animal that's like panicking, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like the uh what are they called? 
uh, cilia, the like, isn't that what you call the little like hair like thingies that feel around on stuff on little like bugs and shit? That sounds right. I'm I think sure. So. Or is that what is that the tail of a sperm? They might <laughs> they both, both be called the cilia. <laughs> they might both be called that. <laughs> It's been a long time since tenth grade biology or ninth grade biology. Either way, gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and they. So I, I guess getting more into kind of them discovering because pretty much the whole movie it's almost a sort of like a little procedural like these people dealing with this problem on the like article base right. Uh, and they are kind of discovering that, oh, this thing can uh, imitate whatever it eats, basically. It can't, so it, it can't just, like, appear to be, uh, like, anyone on the station without, like, eating them first. And it needs a little bit of time to eat them. But it has also been on the station for, like, almost a full day without anyone even knowing it was there. Uh, so it is... It results in basically just everyone being super paranoid of each other for a very good reason, like, the whole time. Uh, and there's a guy, uh, Wilford Brimley, <laughs> is is here as a doctor, um, who realizes sort of the gravity of their situation a lot earlier than anyone else. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically... It's, it's an interesting section of the film to me because he, like, kind of goes crazy, but he's also sort of just correct. Uh, yeah. Yep. Where he, like, crunches the numbers in, like, a hilarious, like, 80s fashion of, like, but you punch it into the computer and then it just messages you back like you're playing a text-based adventure game that's, like, this many people are projected to die if, like, <laughs> or, like, get infected in this amount of time if the... If this thing gets off the base, right? Like as if you could put that into a computer and have that happen. But mm -hmm. uh, he realizes, like, okay, if this thing can consume things, and like if you split, if you cut it in half, there's just two of it now. Uh, it will destroy humanity as we know it if we don't kill it or stop it here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, none of us can leave this. We're all already dead, right? Because yeah. any of us could be the thing. Uh, short of lighting everyone a little bit on fire <laughs> uh, before they like get off the the base, like there's no way to. The safest option is for him to either kill everyone himself or make it so they can't leave, which is what he tries to do. He starts smashing all the radios, uh, destroys their helicopter, all that good stuff. Yeah, everyone else in the movie, I think, almost like doesn't get it as much as he does, or, like or doesn't want to like deal Accept with that it. Yeah. fact yeah because everybody's um, convinced they're gonna live but like you said they're they're all already dead 20 minutes into the movie yeah effectively they're they're either gonna die at the base or they're gonna die along with literally every other human on the planet if they leave <laughs> so yeah not uh this is not the happiest movie in the world you know this is like a yeah. It's very much like a, a horror movie. Spoilers, uh, pretty much uh, everyone dies at the end of this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, or you can assume, I guess. No. But. It, it, this movie, though, is like, it's the best 
execution I've seen in movie form of the type of horror that I've been trying to describe as like the the, the thing I like. No, the type of horror I like, not the thing, because that's the movie we're watching. This is um, going to be a tough one. It's going to be tricky. <laughs> can't, can't say a thing. Um, but yeah, right. Like we talked, I talked about this a little bit when we watched the abyss where like what this movie is, is kind of what I thought the abyss was going to be for the first, I don't know, like 20 minutes. Right. When you're like, Oh, they're yeah. going to explore the spooky sub that got alien EMP. What's going to happen to all these people. And then that is just not what the movie is about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. Uh, and then event horizon, like that is what the movie's about, but like it, it's got a lot of stumbling bot blocks that it trips over. Whereas this movie, this is the people trapped in a place that is, you know, I don't know, it doesn't matter what it is. They're trapped somewhere with a monster. They're trying to figure things out and struggle against it. And it works. This hits that way better than either of these. Yeah. This is the movie that all of those copied. I mean, this movie has even inspired things beyond the horror franchise. Um, Quentin Tarantino has attributed this movie to his inspiration for Reservoir Dogs. Um, what? Okay. As well as his inspiration for Hateful Eight. Gotcha. It makes sense. This is yeah, like that perfect, makes sense. Uh, I guess I don't know if what you, I don't know what you call them for movies, but in like TV, it's like a bottle episode, right? When all the characters are in the I same location. Say. Yeah. Movies uh, that are kind of like plays in that they have one or two main sets and lots of dialogue and except this movie also has gross prosthetics <laughs> and more than two sets but you get what i mean yeah and hateful eight he even you know went as far as to cast kurt russell for the leading role um set up a lot of like angles and layouts in the exact same fashion that were used in the thing and also use it. He actually used some of the unused score from the thing in Hateful Eight. What the hell? Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> That's interesting. I okay. I have a. I have a question. The thing is racism. Y- yes. In <laughs> <laughs> the in the Hateful uh, Eight, that's what that's what it's about, right? <laughs> well, you know, you're they're not trying to find out who's wrong. racist. That's sort of what. <laughs> that is kind on. of true. And the end of the movie is two guys are still alive. No, but they're like, but they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them is the racist guy. Yeah. I'm, what was my question? I had a, oh yeah. Is John Carpenter alive? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. John Carpenter. Yeah. I think he is. I don't know how old he is. So very, we have computers. What? What I'm trying to say is we can keep him alive. No, I meant we can okay. Google. <laughs> We're going to RoboCop John Carpenter. No, he's... he's <laughs> Paul Verhoeven is going to help it, us It's out. what he wants. <laughs> he is 73 uh, and still alive. Okay, well, that's cool. Good this for is, him. We've done a lot of John Carpenter on this podcast, and I think this is yet another, like... Uh, Yet another John Carpenter movie that's like okay, it's uh, it's just perfect, no notes, you know, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> I have thoroughly exactly enjoyed what I have wanted out of this, uh, you know, like I can't. Yeah, wait, I forget he's still making Halloween movies. Like he has like three more he's contracted he to is. make. Yeah, like, there's wait, one there's a Halloween that, movie coming out soon, right? It comes out next week, I think. Oh, yeah. or like on the fifteenth or something. Huh. 
Eh, good for him. You won't stop making them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen stop. any of the Halloween movies, but all four of the movies we've done on this podcast I enjoyed. The, the I, first... Strangely, the one that's like the most direct comparison to this is like, well, I, okay, genre-wise, I guess it's in the Mouth of Madness, which weirdly, that came out like five years later, right? Wasn't it like 87? I think so. The, it might have been in the 90s even. It was yeah, it was definitely Nothing later. Might have been a 90s movie. Either way, we talked about on that episode that the uh the prosthetics and the puppets and stuff in the thing look better than the ones in in the Mouth of Madness even though it was later. But for sure. Yeah, anyways. the ones I mean the ones in the thing are better than any movie I've ever seen. They're just Yeah, like, that's fair. It is stunning. They, I, I've said this to y'all before, and like I know I, I really, so I really thought for years that this was a uh, Cronenberg film. Like I really did. Uh, I never bothered to look up who directed it, but just the way, like the body horror in this movie, just screams Cronenberg. But it's John Carpenter, and you know, props to John Carpenter for making something that's more Cronenberg than a lot of Cronenberg films. Hmm. Definitely it, because uh, we did, Cronenberg did... Um, Videodrome. Videodrome, right? Yeah, because when, uh, near, in like the back half of the movie, when the thing uh, like is <laughs> Wilfred Brimley uh, and like reaches his hand into that guy's face and it's like his fingers are under his, the skin of his face, that felt a lot like the prosthetics in Videodrome to me when he's like reaching in his stomach and stuff. And like the, the like things from the gun like digging into his arm yeah that stuff like that particularly reminded me of that movie a lot also the giant chest cavity that somebody's arms get bitten off in that too that's a that's maybe even more (laughs) do y'all would y'all like to know a fun fact about that scene i'd love to so in order to make the like arm severing look as realistic as possible they actually hired somebody who was a double amputee. Oh, my God. To, like, be the... Because, so, like, you get, like, the top-down angle when the bite, like, happens. Mm-hmm. So they have a they have a guy in there who's a double amputee so that when the arms get bitten off, like, it... There's no, like, weird, you know, trying to hide the guy's, like, actual arm so his arms look super fat kind of thing. Like, he just doesn't have arms, so... <laughs> It it looks perfect. It, it sure does. Like this, <laughs> this movie really finds a way to just explode into chaos over and over again, and like to really kind of get you every time, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think uh, that's because like they mix up. There, it it is the least lazy film I've ever seen. You know, of like the monster is changing so much, and you never know really like how it's going to eat the next person mm-hmm. you know is it gonna be a like stomach mouth is it gonna just like jump on someone's head like that one time or is it gonna be a little a uh, little spider guy running around uh, it's gonna be a, just a big glob of dog flesh i don't you know there's uh there's really infinite possibilities and it kind of does a good job of keeping you on your toes of what you're gonna see next mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and it, it transitions from the, like, tension-building scenes to the nasty monster scenes really effectively. The one that stuck out to me was 
maybe my favorite scene in the movie when Kurt Russell has been stranded outside and then he comes back with like a flamethrower and a stick of dynamite and it's like if y'all shoot me because you think I'm the thing I'm gonna blow you all up uh yeah and then he's like yeah, or yeah he is trying to come up with a test to determine who is alive and they come up with the blood in the petri dish and the uh hot iron thing right yep that scene where he's like slowly poking them and they're just steaming up and then he picks one up and then looks at the next guy and is like i know it's you so you're going last pokes the second to last one and just it turns into a blood monster in his hand that was the most jump scare thing in the movie but it worked so well yeah it really that's the guy who's like head detaches as he's being burned correct I think so. Or was that? No, 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 no that's, that's before. The, that's the one is... on the table. That's the, that's the. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the guy's on one... the table and then the arms get bit off and then his head detaches. This guy just is like ripping out of the chair that he's tied to while Keith David is sitting next to him. Like, get me the fuck out of this yeah. chair. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it's like that, that shit hitting the fan scene is like borderline comedic of just like, mm-hmm. he can't get the flamethrower lit and the two guys are like tied to the monster just like please get him off. <laughs> yeah, it ends up like shooting up to the ceiling and they like fry it on the ceiling once he gets the flamethrower going yeah, but but not before he eats that dude's head yeah um, yeah whatever he was kind of he was acting he had like two or three fake outs of him being the thing in this movie i forget i forget the actor's name or the even the character's name but you know what i'm talking about the dude who like ran to grab the shotgun yeah yep but he was just like scared i guess which like i mean fair but understandable they do a good job of keeping all the characters motivations pretty like clear and like they all make sense right yeah like at at no point are the because kurt russell was obviously like our main character our lead role he has the beautiful hair and the big dumb hat uh uh-huh. but he everyone else when, when he's gone for a while and which like that whole sequence kind of surprised me right of like oh our main character is just like gone and we're just here with like keith david and the other half of the survivors and like two guys come back and kurt russell still isn't back or well, only one guy comes back right uh uh-huh. and it's like, oh shit. Like it had me thinking, like, is Kurt Russell gonna be like the thing? Right? Yeah, like, me too. And then uh and they're very right to suspect him, right? Because even when like when he does when he's doing the blood test, he doesn't test himself, right? Like and sure, like it would be weird for the thing to be like, you know, hunting down itself, but also like it's so alien and you don't know how it thinks that it makes sense for the people to be very skeptical of him, you know? I thought he did test himself. That was the, like, proof of concept one. Maybe? He might have. I could be wrong about that. I thought, so he, I thought he did one for himself first and then went down the line, but I I could be wrong. I don't know, maybe I misunderstood it. I forget, they have the names on the Petri dishes, but I don't really know. Yeah. Anyway, they, they suspected him the most before that test anyway, so... Uh, it's fine. And, like, it's one of those things where even after the test, like, if you haven't seen anyone for, like, 15 minutes and you see him again, like, they could be the thing that you need now, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I guess, if I had, like, any sort of 
like nitpick. It isn't even really like a nitpick because it's one of those things where if you, you can't, there's no way to know what you do in this situation. If, oh my God, it's the thing from the thing is here. <laughs> How will I stop it? Right? Like, because there are obviously better strategies that these people could have taken to avoid getting captured, right? Like, oh, never always be in a group of three. Like, even yep. if you have to like go to the bathroom, right? Like keep everyone is in a little group of three you're never alone with only one other person uh that could go a long way to keeping the thing from spreading it's right? like the classic mm. uh the, the villagers and cannibals like boat problem it's like you can't have them alone together in the boat you always have to yeah, have you can never let anyone any never let two people pair off and that'll help a lot right uh but they don't do that at all because the movie has to happen <laughs> so um which is fine. I don't want to be one of those like, well, they didn't handle this monster from space perfectly on their first try, so it's a bad movie. <laughs> Ridiculous. I love the concept of spooky monsters under the ice in Antarctica. We talked about this before. I can't remember why. It might have been the Abyss episode about the uh, Alien vs. Predator trailer from like 2007 where they find a pyramid under the ice and it's got it's got the aliens in it. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Never saw that movie. I just saw that preview when I was <laughs> seeing Pirates of the Caribbean or some shit when I was 12. I don't know. But <laughs> you need to just read Lovecraft. Just read In the Mountains of Madness. That'll... Oh, God. It's so yeah, good. good. It's like literally the full inspiration for this, for aliens, for, for it all. Yeah. That uh, is set in Antarctica, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're researching in Antarctica and find elder beings. Like, that's my favorite part about Lovecraft. They're not aliens. They're just beings that are beyond, like, older than time itself kind of thing. Yeah. And they've just they're been here perfect. chilling. Yeah. Lovecraft out. and James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Except for, ideally, James, James Cameron Cameron's is Eldritch not Mermin. incredibly racist. No, no, his. You don't want to hear his dog's name. It's really. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he did make Pocahontas too, so questionable. True. Then he's making five more. I don't yeah. know. I'm so sad. We've already talked about this, but I'm still sad he's caught in some sort of Avatar like purgatory purgatory yeah. <laughs> he's just for some reason signed up to spend the next two decades making avatar movies like why are we doing this i do not understand it at he, all I, yeah do you even think he's gonna like live to see the profits from those films i don't know <laughs> not I don't think it's, and it's not no, even like so. i'm not even not even roasting but avatar like, that much i think it's like a fine movie but like it's just i wish we could see more because I feel like James Cameron is good at doing... He's one of the few directors still around that can get, like, Marvel-level budgets on something that is, like, more unique. But yeah. he's instead just making a bunch of sequels to, like, one of his hit movies. And I'm like, man, don't do right? that. And it's like... It just vanished from the cultural conscience so fast after it came out. I don't know. 
Are you I don't. I don't. You haven't been to the place in like Disney World or Land. I haven't <laughs> been to Avatar Land, dude. Yeah, I I watched a two hour long Jenny Nicholson video about Avatar Land, and I left more confused about why it exists than when I entered. Because again, who are who are the Avatar fans? Yeah. There's Marvel people, there's Star Wars people, that makes sense. Who are the Avatar people? There has been at least one couple that has gotten married in Avatar Land. Did you know that? What? Also, like, who? Yeah. Avatar was significant enough that I think, like, Hustler or somebody made a porn parody of Avatar at one point. Well, oh there's Lord. a porn parody of everything. There's literally Rule True, 34. Rule 34. Yeah, but this yeah, was like a on. big, like a quote-unquote big budget parody. It's a big one. It's one of... <laughs> Listen, there is a big it's budget renowned, parody Charlie. of Sarah Palin running for vice president. It doesn't... <laughs> Not that I know that, but I assume... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How... Okay. What were we talking about with the movie before we got on to Avatar? We were talking about James Cameron and Lovecraft. Lovecraft and stuff, yeah. That's right. John Carpenter and... You know, like, mm-hmm. I was like of a lot of directors out there who have like attempted to do Lovecraft esque stuff. Like, really, Carpenter pulls it off better than anybody. Like, even down to in the mouth of madness, like he does a great job of never really like showing the horrible beasts beyond the door until the very end, and you really only get like small glimpses of them. And then you get the whole like weird cosmic horror of oh the movie they were making is just a movie about about you know the main character or the movie they were making is the movie we just watched is you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's good and he loves I although I'm kind of glad we didn't get like a uh, kind of a joke ending or like a, a they live style ending oh, to yeah. this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, totally it would make no sense in this movie, so I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I think the ending we did get was good, though, because, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like like we said, you know they're all dead 20 minutes into the movie, so the rest of the movie is just kind of these people accepting that they're going to die, Yeah, which is kind of a dark, central metaphor to think about but yeah i'm not not gonna worry about it too much it's a good movie yeah it's not there's not like a ton of i really feel like so much of this movie really is a sort of a straightforward vehicle of like look at this press yeah we yeah, made, yeah right like it's mm-hmm. it's not like because uh, it is a sort of a are these characters gonna live definitely not let's see how they handle that <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's very entertaining, but like I don't think anyone would get any sort of like I don't know deeper understanding of like the world or anything after watching this, right? Like that's not really what no. It's it's entertaining. Get out of it. It's fun. Like it's fun in a horrifying and disgusting way, but it is a fun movie in that sense. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a one of I can't remember what it is. I I know when we did this in Cinema Club a long time ago, like so many other movies we have shown on this podcast or i guess talked about on this podcast uh and some research station somewhere like in antarctica or 
so like I don't I don't remember where exactly watches this movie every year. Hmm. Like it's, it's I mean you have to right. <laughs> it's like a tradition. Every single year they watch the thing as they live in a shelter in you know the frozen tundra of Antarctica. <laughs> Just side eyeing the husky that lives on the. <laughs> Wait, it's like, Ugh. wait, I have two huskies. I would absolutely not do that under any circumstances. <laughs> if I was in Antarctica, I would not watch this movie. Everybody, everybody at the end of the movie, just like, oh, what if that was real? And then nervously laughs as they all go to bed, like clutching a flamethrower or something. No, I, I'm looking through the the goofs section of. Because yeah. I'm um, curious to see if there's much about like, you know how I feel like with movies like this, it can sort of people get sort of the wrong idea of what is maybe the most like, I mean, you can have you can do whatever you want when you watch the movie, right? But like, to me, the whole like tracking who the thing is and like picking through each scene to be like ooh, who is the thing in this scene like does the movie like actually have that logic kind of like back when we watched clue of like oh this is like a real mystery you know yeah. like mm-hmm. are all the clues there uh and i have no idea if the thing is like a totally airtight logic thing but uh, like it i think looking at it like that is probably the wrong thing to do especially in uh, this situation where, like, they spend pretty much... I mean, they have that one scene where it shows the thing, like, basically they show it turning into one character with, with like, the shadow, right, when the dog walks into his room near the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the camera's not, like, on the dog all the time, and all every character in on the station for that night was alone at some point and we don't know how many people got infected that night you know uh so it's kind of like it's not really about like solving the mystery yeah like i don't think you can watch this movie and be like he's the thing i know it for sure it's more about like ooh, i wonder who it's gonna be i wonder whose stomach is gonna eat my hands <laughs> <laughs> would you say that perhaps one of the people on the station is not a person and that in fact they are perhaps an imposter of some kind no and that if you were one of the people on the station you might feel that there is an imposter among you You know, we've been thinking about this for a while, but uh, and I regret to let everyone know this way, but I think this is going to be the final episode of the Jump Cuts podcast. It's been real, everyone. The whole thing was a setup for a fucking Among Us joke. See you later. Well, I mean, it really has inspired so much stuff like that, though. Among Us has inspired so many things. No. <laughs> Yeah, just talk- so brave no, of John Carpenter to make an Among Us movie. Yeah, no, I mean, it, there's an X-Files episode that's basically just this, but without the body horror. It's like the same thing. Uh, you guys ever play Mafia? Probably at some point. Or something like it. Mafia is like the thing and also Among Us. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. We have Resident Evil 4 has a whole... <laughs>
you know, that's like the main thing is this like parasitic creature that has replaced all the people in the village. Um, you also have, uh, did y'all ever play the, that indie game carry on it? I think it's on game pass. It might, I don't know if it still is or not. It's really fun and it's really good. And it's very much so based on the thing as well. Like there, there is so much stuff that's been inspired by this movie. And like I said earlier, even stuff that's not horror films, like fucking Hateful Eight and Reservoir Dogs. Fortnite is like the thing because even if you win, it's a it's a hollow victory because everyone else died. And also there's UFOs. And flame. Are there flamethrowers of Fortnite? I assume Where, there were. At are, some we, point. My are we still Wilfred pulling Grimley? jokes? <laughs> what? What? I said, are we still pulling jokes when they're dead? Park, we haven't done that in a decade. <laughs> no. Even even if he deserves it. He <laughs> oh, that's what you meant? I was like, are, are we, do you mean are we making jokes on our movie podcast that no one listens like, to? It's, yes. like not, it's like not good ones, but we try. I, mean, I can be like, uh, whose line is it anyway, where I just... Uh, no. Just buzz it, no. buzz it off. Okay. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I know we need our. I want my Wilfred Wilfred Brimley Fortnite skin. He just does his taunt can be like this diabetes commercial where he says diabetes. Wait, he's the guy in the diabetes Wait, that's commercial. Wait, the diabetes guy. Yes. Oh my what? god! <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> oh my god! I shouldn't laugh because he's dead, but also that's. Oh. No. You got him, Kurt Russell, and Keith David all in the same movie. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Diabetes. Is Kurt Russell in Fortnite? Kurt Russell might actually be in Fortnite. because He could done literally a, at this point be. They, yeah, they did so many Marvel crossover skins, and he's in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So. No, but he's like the dad, though, so I don't think he's going to be. I don't know, dude. He's pretty, pretty... Uh... Big time villain is probably not a Kurt Russell skin in Fortnite. It would make a good skin though. He's got a great beard. Very hot, Kurt Russell. Oh, I know that's a bold take. Hey, guess what? Am I right? Am You're I right? right? <laughs> Let's go. Oh wait, no. So Fortnite it's, is like it's the actually thing. Oh. no. So it's it's not. It was a skin called Sergeant Winter, but it's literally based on kurt russell from the christmas chronicles oh and so there was like a potential like possible lawsuit that could have stemmed from that but i don't know if it ever did that's like half of fortnite it's half extremely expensive license crossover marketing with like the nfl <laughs> and then yeah half of it is stealing donald Faison's dance from uh uh, scrubs that might not be how you pronounce his name or his name but you know who i'm talking about <laughs> yeah uh yeah dude wilford brimley on imdb is credited for that commercial in his filmography <laughs> that makes sense i you said wilford brimley earlier like that was somebody i should know and i was like yeah i, I was like waiting for y'all to be like oh shit it's the diabetes guy but no one <laughs> Are you telling me you don't know the names of 
men from obscure commercials from 2004. <laughs> I really don't. What's wrong with you? He was also in other films. He wasn't. He didn't do the thing and then the commercial and then nothing else. <laughs> I only know movie stars that have been in movies that we have also done on this podcast recently and people who have done lots of voices in video games I like. So, there's my two actors for this movie. But shoot, Keith David has like one of the most recognizable voices I have ever heard. <laughs> it is yes, like, oh, it is just beautiful. Recognizable. <laughs> Excellent uh, voice actor with a very be, good voice actor. He should replace voice. all three of us on this podcast. It really it would be so bad. much better. <laughs> It was just Keith David talking to himself. I would three listen to Keith, that. Three, three Keith, Keith David. Davids. Maybe Keith David has a podcast, dude. Everybody's got a podcast these days. I don't know. I This this will be a good opportunity to try to narrow down the scope of what horror movies I like can, can figure out what exactly it is. Because I liked this. I liked Event Horizon, even though I had my issues with it. So, there's something there, but okay. maybe I like all horror movies and I'm just a big baby. Yeah, I think that's what we, uh, we just need to like keep ramping it up so we can handle the... Because I think it's just like the number of jump scares is what gets all of us right. So yeah, we'll slowly build because there's not very many in this or Event Horizon or anything. So mm-hmm. we can kind of just slowly work our way up, and then we'll just become a horror movie podcast. There you go. Mm-hmm. I could think of a horror movie that I didn't like, but it also wasn't scary. But I can't remember what it was called. But uh, <laughs> the plot of it. Okay, all right. Here, here's have I talked about the, this on this show? Is that I, no. I really don't you, know. You haven't given us enough to go on. Well, okay, no, not not this movie, but a thing from my life, which is that, you know how we all, we all have a type, right? Yeah. Part of my type seems to be liking every movie that has ever been made. I don't know how this keeps happening, because I'm very critical and picky, but I keep dating women who just like all movies and then they'll be like yeah i'll be like let's watch this movie that i like and then i'll watch it and it sucks and i don't know what to say (laughs) that's Uh, better than somebody whose favorite movie is pearl harbor and that's all that they ever want to watch is that like four hour fucking disaster (laughs) giant red flag right there (laughs) wait does pearl harbor over and over again (laughs) Oh my yeah, God. don't, uh, that, not good, not Korean. <laughs> it is better than that, you're right. But, uh, meeting absolutely no disrespect towards people that are, you know, just, just enjoy sitting down and watching a movie, regardless of whether it's good or not. Show me anything on this screen, I will be uh, <laughs> More power to you, God bless, I have immense respect for you all. Uh, but in this particular instance, this, uh, past partner whatever you want to call him i don't know i this is weird <laughs> anyways wanted to watch a horror movie that she said she had seen before and it was really good and i was like okay and then we watched it and it's about like a woman who is 
a deaf author that writes she's a novelist and she lives in just like a really nice cabin in the woods by herself and then there's a serial killer and he's outside and it's spooky and then he kills her and then she's like visualizing writing a book and it's like what if it happened this way and then it goes back and then does <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that part of the movie what? Like, just the ending of clue but it does it like horrible. three or four times of like 10 to 15 minute segments up until like she dies again then she's like no i have to do it this way and then eventually she figures out the one way where she doesn't die and that's the end of the movie anyways so that kind of horror movie not my thing what if we had a serial killer horror movie but you had uh you had lives (laughs) (laughs) it's a video game it's like literally the problem with horror games is that once the first once a scare like kills you or if it's a type of gamer that happens it's not scary anymore because like if you ever die in a horror game you just reset that's that area stops being scary but if you never die in the horror game the game stops being as scary because you're like well it's not actually threatening yeah yeah at some point like all they can threaten you with is jump scares yeah see dead space not that i like dead space it's a good game but like once you get used to the game is helped out by like it being a good action game on top of it you know yeah yeah same with uh Alien Isolation's a bit like that, but they, they do enough to keep it interesting because of the way that the alien moves. Yeah. That video game horror is like pure atmosphere creation for me. Yeah, there's, a, there's a ton of horror VR games. I'm like, this would be great, except for I'm a pansy and I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Horror VR sounds like, just like a nightmare. I could not yeah, do that's that. Like Half-Life Alex is fucking terrifying at times. <laughs> yeah, that going through the, like, it's not Ravenholm, but, like, the similarly zombie-infested part of that game, horrifying. Yeah, and you're not even that far in, like... I see, I see, does it get worse than well, that? Well, eventually you find a flashlight that is on your wrist, and that's your only source of light. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, if like yeah in vr when there's like there's a zombie behind you and it's like literally behind you i don't know man i don't know <laughs> I can do that. that my heart rate was through the roof when they're getting close to me in that game oh dude when you come over to play well i'll break out my smartwatch and we can we can put a heart <laughs> heartbeat on it fitbit's gonna think i'm dying and automatically <laughs> call the paramedics no but um you know speaking of like horror films though that we do like i think i know that i i'm two picks away i was kind of bouncing around between some things but keeping with the spooky theme i think i'm gonna finally pick house the 1977 japanese fantasy horror film i know that's two foreign language films in a row from me but like charlie you have not seen this movie and you gotta because it's bananas i haven't seen it either wait you haven't i thought you had i've seen the trailer gotcha so I sort of have an idea of what's coming, but I'm as soon as I watched like a minute of the trailer, I was like, I'm going to turn it off and save the rest for the actual movie. Yeah. It's- for some reason, you, when you said house, the movie I thought of was, I think it's just called room with Brie Larson. Is that the kidnapping one? 
Maybe. I don't know what it's about. It's about a kidnapping, yeah. Okay. But it's that's what I thought of, so I was really confused for a second. Yeah, no, this is a Japanese fantasy horror film. I don't know what I'm going to pick. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i find something good. Maybe. Or I'll find something bad. We're just going to watch The Ring. <sighs> Please no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch The Grudge. And watch the purge. Why? Why are all these fucking horror films just like the something? See, <laughs> the so thing. There's so many movies like that. <laughs> I picked three in a row. I didn't even try. <laughs> Turns out, the is like the most common word in the English language. Shout out to uh, titles, articles. I should know this. I'm a professional writer, but I can't <laughs> remember. <laughs> I think it's articles, but I'm not sure. They don't have them in Russian. That's why in Russia, this movie is just called Thing. Rimshot, thank you. I'll thank be you all week. for listening. <laughs> this has been a great Charlie Makes a Terrible Joke episode. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Is anyone else? Who's to say? <laughs> leave a comment below on spotify or whatever <laughs> leave us a review the on... famous spotify comments <laughs> dude what if oh they my did? god that was wait cool. speaking of just leaving like reviews and comments so do you remember how we have that one star review on apple podcast that's clearly not mojito fiends in response <laughs> i think that's to, still our twitter banner yeah, right? in response to us hating on uh miami vice Ma- uh-huh I, I can't remember who I was talking to. I think I was talking to somebody at work about Miami Vice and because he was going through our episode list. And he's like, I love that movie. I'm like, then don't listen to that episode. And he goes, oh, what? Y'all aren't mojito fiends. I'm like, was it you? Oh <laughs> Is this was like a joke you? from this movie? <laughs> Yeah, do they say some... mojito fiend? Well, yeah, in that they movie? do. He but says like... he's a fiend for mojitos at one point, and it's. But why is that just a running gag? <laughs> like... That's what the fandom calls himself, dude. It's like how Star Trek nerds are Trekkies and Miami Vice nerds are mojito <laughs> But only the Miami Vice movie, not the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> the fans of the Miami Vice movie gather at Vice 2007 Con every year. Hey, I'm, I'm all for being like an ironic fan of a terrible like movie or director, you know? Like I've mm-hmm. seen I've seen every Neil Breen film. I'm not above that, you know? But <laughs> they I don't know. Miami Vice to me it wasn't a so bad as good movie at all or anywhere close to it. It was it's, just bad. <laughs> Nothing I remotely I, enjoyable or redeemable about it. Absolute <laughs> garbage. I, I, I'm I'm really glad I'm not on whatever level of irony the fans of it are on to enjoy it. Uh, like, like it, I can't imagine. I have respect for the irony enjoyers, but that is, we have watched what sixty five movies on this podcast now, and that is the worst one by <laughs> by such a giant Still. margin. There is nothing remotely close. <laughs> Which, thank God, we've really, we've managed to watch some good movies and some okay movies in Miami Vice. <laughs> Miami so. Vice. <laughs> in Miami Vice. Oh, oh man. Well, I, I don't have anything else about the thing, so. Wait, dude, that's the ultimate test for next time you're in a relationship, Charlie. Show them Miami Vice and just see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Are, like, dating that type that likes huh. every movie.
There we go. I, dude, I told y'all I literally ceased a conversation on a dating app because they had something about TV shows and I asked them which ones they liked and they listed a bunch of ones I thought were bad. So it's like, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they said, they're like, oh, I mean, I love anime. I love sword yeah. art online. It's like, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I feel a little bad because if somehow that person found this podcast, they would definitely. Wait, are you not telling all of your Tinder girls about (laughs) Junk Cuts podcast? Listen to my podcast. Listen, I don't think this is going to work out, but in in all your free time you spend not dating me, you could listen to this podcast. And it'd be sort of like dating me and two other men. <laughs> this this is the optimal way to never go on a date again. It's open every Tinder conversation with would you like to check out my podcast? Listen, you can either find love or uh, grow the brand, you know? I'm going to change my job title on Tinder from gaming journalist to podcaster, and my matches are going to go through the roof. Lateral move. That is a lateral <laughs> move. <laughs> we, could, uh, oh. we could do the guerrilla marketing strategy of making a Tinder profile that is looking for men and women, but it's just Jump Cuts podcast and swipe right on everyone. Dude, the number of men who have their account set as being a woman and their bio is just like i'm here to network it's like what are you doing do that somewhere else (laughs) don't do that (laughs) don't do that don't do that (laughs) literally any other application it doesn't bumble literally have a section like for that Bumble they has do, a networking mode of like why who, does anyone use that? They had to do all these things to like be able to con basically making it so you can convince your significant other that you aren't cheating on them with Bumble <laughs> because like if they see Bumble on your phone, they're gonna be like, What the fuck? And if you say it's for networking, they'll be like, Okay, you're definitely lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. Like, that doesn't sound true, but they have this thing that you can like show like the the date that you deactivated uh like dating bumble and it's maybe even like a separate app they should have found a different name just a different name for it why do you know this wait i know why because i used to date someone who literally like worked with bumble (laughs) that's right okay dating apps aside does anyone have anything else to say about the thing no, okay, great. The thing, you should watch it. It's really good. It's good. Does anyone else have something to add to recommendations? I hate it when I'm swiping and I find the damn thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like Among Us. Okay, thanks for listening. We appreciate it as always. Find us on the stuff at Jump Cuts Pod. Uh, find Park at Park's Thing. Thanks. Uh, well, my thing <laughs> is on Instagram, and it is summerhour underscore brewing. Will. You can follow me on Twitter at WillPostWords, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston. You can follow me on Twitter at CharlieBPost, but don't do not do that. It's, it's fine. It's not necessary. It's okay. All right. Cool. What? <laughs> I Why don't are know, you dude. telling I'm him not to right follow me? I'm cutting your whole plug section. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a plug. <laughs>
<laughs> no, it's fine. You know, do whatever you want. You're an adult. You can make your own decisions. Uh, Here's my plug. Follow me if you want to hear me talk about follow SpongeBob Wave Dash. Yeah, just playing coy with his own plug. Jeez. <laughs> I listen. I somebody told me I should neg people on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pod- I'm negging the podcast listeners. Nobody. I'm doing a bit. Okay. <laughs> who do I interact with that would tell me negging? I don't know. My first idea. thought was like, did your family tell you? <laughs> oh my god! My sister was like, "Yo, you gotta start being you really mean neg. to these women." It's what Gen Z wants. I'm like, okay. Oh, God. No, sure. I would never do such a thing. I'm a good boy. Uh, thank you once again for listening. Be sure to leave a like, rating, review, whatever you do on your chosen podcast app, and we will see you next time with another horror movie, because that is what movie podcasts do in October. Okay, Spooky bye. Spooky month. <laughs>